If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this exciting episode of Mind Pump. Giddy. So for the first 30 minutes, uh, we don't talk too much about fitness, but we do have our fun introductory conversation. Sharing some gadgets. Now, I open up the episode by talking about my brand new breakthrough alarm clock. It's actually kind of cool. Wakes you up softly. I'm hoping these guys uh, get those. And then Adam returns with his own gadgetry talk. He tells everybody about his new toilet light. I guess there's a light <laughs> in his toilet that helps him aim uh, in the bowl properly. Um, we it's talk like about a, disco. a new law in Utah called, it's, a, it's called the Free Range Parenting Law. Apparently, it produces children with better fatty acids and oh wait no it's free range yeah, uh, yeah they're also grass finished my bad yeah. uh but it's it's anyway it's pretty cool we gotta look it up um then we talked about my post on cellulite did you know that cellulite was an invented term uh by the health industry to sell you more shit you sons of bitches it's true uh we talk about the rise of plastic surgery oh we all got our girlfriend's valentine's day gifts from viore did you know that viore makes women's clothing too yeah Yes, they do. Look, we are sponsored by Viore. If you go to Viore Clothing, let me spell that for you, V-U-O-R-I clothing.com forward slash mind pump, you're going to get 25% off. That's a huge discount. Yeah. Then we talked about that runner in Colorado that got attacked by a mountain lion and killed the mountain lion with his bare hands. What is he, like a superhero or something? He's a badass. Uh, And then Doug got us some surprises from Thrive Market. One of my favorite ones are these Siete grain-free tortilla chips. If you're eating a, a diet that's free of grains. Yes. And, you know, gluten-free. It's incredibly delicious. Anyway, Thrive Market, uh, one of our sponsors, and the largest online retailer of non-GMO and organic products, including skincare products and products for your pets. Uh, check this out. Go to thrivemarket.com forward slash mind pump and you will get a free month membership and 25% off your first order. Then we get into the fitness portion of this episode. The first question was, what is the best way to progress into pistol squats and box jumps? Both those exercises are pretty advanced. How would you get yourself to the point where you can do those in your workouts? Hmm. Next question, can you use trigger sessions as a warm-up on your main workout days. Now, trigger sessions are found in MAPS Anabolic, but in that part of the episode, we talk all about what warm-ups are supposed to do for your body and what priming is and why priming is a more effective way to set your body up for your workouts than trigger sessions. Next question, uh, thoughts on using the TRX suspension-type trainers for trigger sessions on non-gym days? In other words, uh, when you're not in the gym, can you or should you use suspension trainers to kind of work out in between? We have a nice discussion about suspension trainers and their benefits uh, in that part of the episode. And finally, is there any truth to the statement that 30 grams of protein is all you can absorb at one time? In other words, if you eat more than 30 grams of protein at one time, it just gets wasted. You're poop it out. Or, or you'll store it as body fat or something like that. Is that a bullshit statistic uh, sold to us by the fitness industry to sell you supplements? Yes, Find out all about it in that part of this episode. Also, this month, I'd like to tell you guys about our 50% off sale of MAPS Performance. Tell us. Now, MAPS Performance is a program designed around what we would consider to be an ancient athlete, uh, ultimate total 
athletic performance. A Herculean athlete. So so picture this, right? You look at a, a Greek uh, sculpture, a Greek god or a Roman god sculpture. <laughs> what do they look like, right? They have well-developed core muscles, pronounced obliques. They have nice delts, upper back, strong muscular bodies, not overdeveloped, more of a balanced aesthetic, kind of a physique that looks like it could run, jump, kick your ass, yeah. and uh, and kill something. It can be badass and, and kill a, a cougar. That's what MAPS Performance is designed to do. It's designed to train you in all different types of ranges of motion. It's designed to train you in all the different planes of motion. So you're going to be squatting, pushing, pulling. You'll be twisting. You'll be moving laterally. You'll be moving front to back. Uh, you'll be moving high to low and low to high. I mean, we covered all the bases with this program. It's a not boring program. Like if you're bored with your workouts, if you go to the gym and you, you do your traditional workouts, you're like, I'm bored. I want to try something totally different and see what my body can do. Mass Performance is the best program. It's extremely comprehensive. Hundreds of workout videos on there. It's 50% off. By the way, we revamped the program. So when it gets redone, you get updated automatically. So if you already have Mass Performance, you'll get the update uh, at no additional cost. And if you enroll now at the 50% off sale, you also will get updated at no additional cost, and that'll happen forever. Anytime we update a program, mm, it's got that brand new smell. Updated uh, uh, automatically for free. So if you go to mapsfitnessproducts.com, click on Maps Performance, look at the program. You want to get it? Use the code Green Fifty G R E E N five zero for fifty percent off. So if you want that ancient athlete performance and look, this is the program for you. Again, it's fifty percent off. Go check it out. That was such a, a bully thing to say right there. What? You're, you're all, what, you can't see that? <laughs> <laughs> we, got, we got stupid eyes. Remember when you were a kid? You just, you'd make fun of kids for yeah. just stupid shit. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And then do the Beavis yeah. and Butthead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. oh, it takes, it takes you a long time to tie your shoes. Idiot. You can't even tie your shoes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just making fun of people. That's you right now. <laughs> so, but I don't feel good. Yeah, so, you get mean, huh? Yeah, it's just like mean. Say mean it's shit. Not, it's not funny anymore. It's just like, like fuck it. Like you're an idiot. Yeah, you don't look too Dummy. sick. You look. Uh, I'm on the way out. You look cuddly. Yeah, it's, I feel. You know, I can't make it. You're all I'm, bundled up and everything. I'm hot, cold, hot, cold. I think I'm pregnant. We might have to. Wow. <laughs> Flashes. Yeah, oh, really? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so you're glowing. Doesn't today, work. So. Yeah. Doesn't work that way. Yeah. Oh, does it? Yeah. Oh. yeah. I think we're all going to give you a, No matter how hard I try. Uh, how hard to get You've yourself pregnant. Trying, yeah. yeah. How would you do that? I don't know. That is weird. Self jizz. We're going to give you a group hug afterwards. Oh. No. I'm you just get, you can get infected, yeah, not me. Fuck that, dude. Yeah, I heard you on the phone yesterday. I was on the phone with uh, Katrina. I was asking her about uh uh some questions about <laughs> the interview I was going to get on and I hear in the back just fucking uncontrollably coughing. Oh, dude. That yeah, was that was yesterday. She, yeah, she was like and I could hear her before she answered the phone. She's like Start coughing. Sal's on the phone. Hey, Sal, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> you really got to sell this. Yeah. yeah. But really, we were out by the pool, hanging out, <laughs> swimming laps. <laughs> Monterey. Fuck, man. Hanging out at the I wish, dude. I, you know, I'm such a baby when I get sick. It's terrible. You're not You're not as bad as you used M to most be. Most dudes are. Yeah. I feel like you're not as bad as you used to be, though. Well, I mean, I haven't really been sick that, that much. I'm trying to think the last time that I was. I definitely haven't been sick since we've been in the new house. Um, it was before, I think it was probably winter last year. I think I got a, I got a little bit of a cold. So, you know, I was talking to Doug about this yesterday while you were gone that I, th I think, cause obviously we know why you got sick. You didn't go to sleep. We were in Vegas and you went to bed at 5am yeah. the night before we left. And I was telling Doug, you know, what makes partying terrible feeling isn't the alcohol and all that stuff. 
It's the lack of sleep. Yeah. Because if I drink during the day- That's the worst part. Yes. I think that's the reason why it fucking hurts so bad. No. Yeah. I figured that out now. That's that, why I don't go to bed. That so. or it's what happens afterwards. Because, you know, this is now attached to that night. Like, I can, that's all I'm thinking about. You know, I'm not thinking about the great dance night and the steak we had. I'm thinking about, fuck, I got sick for three days afterwards. That's well, what sucked. You, you don't sleep two nights in a row. You're you're not a young whippersnapper anymore, right? So, yeah. you, and your immune system depressed. Then you get on the plane. I love that word, whippersnapper. It's a whippersnapper. Yeah. We need to figure out the what origin is that? of that. Whippersnapper. You probably I, look it up. I think it's, uh, let's guess. It sounds like if you have an, a young, like a nice taut whip, it makes yeah. a swish. But then as it gets old, it doesn't do it anymore. Yeah, like a whipper limper. Yeah, it's, it's a limper limper. Limper whipper. Snipper. Hmm. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. look that up for us. Yeah. yeah. Dude, yeah. I got to tell you guys about uh, a game changer. Okay. Game changer piece of technology. Not exaggerating. What did you get? I okay. swear what? to God, if you guys don't buy one for yourselves, I'm going to buy one for you. Because that's how big of a game changer What it is. is it? So I bought, oh, look, we got the meaning of origin of the phrase whippersnap. Oh my God! What is it? It is. Uh, it's originally these near do wells were known simply and without any great linguistic scroll down imagination as whip snappers. The term merged with an existing 17th century term for street rogues. Street rogues. Oh, a street rogue was called a snipper snapper. <laughs> I like that better. You snipper snapper. I like that better. Yeah. So anyway, street ga- rogues game changer. Okay. What did you get? Spit so, it out. So Jessica's client told her about this alarm clock that she bought and I, I can't remember the name of the, the brand i think it's phillips um and I, i'm sure other companies make them but it looks like a big it's it's a big round it's like this big it's white and it looks like a big um light almost and you put it next to your bed and you set the alarm for when you want to wake up and the way it wakes you up is about 15 minutes before a very light amber glow begins and as it gets closer to the time you get wake up, the light softly gets brighter and brighter, perfectly mimicking- You have your own mini sun. A rising sun. So I thought she got it. She She's like, we got to get this or whatever. I was like, 100 bucks. I'm like, fucking $100 for an alarm clock? Uh, I mean, whatever. <laughs> so, and you can also put sounds on it to wake you up. So like birds chirping and all that other stuff. That sounds way better than- Well, so I didn't put any sounds. I just used the the, the light. So I turned the sounds off, right? Put it next to my bed, and I use my phone as backup just in case. So I set the alarm for 5 a.m., but I set the phone for 5, 10, just in case the I don't wake up from it. Right. So now I've done it four nights in a row. It wakes you up, but but it wakes you up so softly that when you wake up, you ever wake up on your own, no alarm clock, you just wake up, and you're like, oh, I feel good. Yeah. That's what it feels like every time. Really? Yes. Hmm. It's so I'm weird. Not, I might try this. I I'm literally wake up feeling like I had better sleep. Yeah. But I'm, what I'm realizing now is that when you wake up abruptly, the way that alarms wake you up, because they jolt you out of out of sleep, yeah, it it jolts you out of a deep slumber and it makes you feel like shit for the rest of the morning. Well, now, okay, so here's part of my problem too is like I'll get the abrupt wake up, but then later, like I find myself waking up before the alarm goes off. So it's like my body's like already preset and I'm like anticipating it too much. Are you anticipating it now? Like with the light? a lot of anxiety in your life. No. I do. Yeah. Chill out. You need more sex. (laughs) 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 Yeah. He's out there. Truth. No, I... (laughs) I no, I don't anticipate it. It's be, first off, if I, again, if you set it at five a.m., it'll start going off at four forty-five. It'll start the light glow, and literally, it's simulating a sun that's rising. So it's it's waking you up in a more natural way, 
And so the way you wake up is you don't wake up abruptly. You wake up so I'm I'm down to try it, bro. I'm, I'm down to try it. I'll try it. Fucking game. I thought it wouldn't wake me up. Did you order it on Amazon or where'd you guys get it? from? I got it on Amazon. Okay, I'll check yeah, it out. Yeah. But you, you know, got to get the good one. You know, check we it out. we the sunrise. It's like a Somnio sunrise or something like that. Was it Christmas that I did the 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 thing where I gave the like the top twenty gifts or whatever like that? <laughs> yeah, was you it, did. Was it? So I don't know if I told you guys, but I bought uh, I bought one of them. And Wait, which one did you buy? I bought the 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 light that goes in your toilet. That thing oh, is. Oh yeah. You want to talk about game changer? That's game changer. I thought you just sat down when you go pee every time. No, it doesn't matter. <laughs> now I don't even have to, now I don't have to switch a light on or even use my phone. So normally, like the like if I had because I have to get up in the middle of the night to go pee all the time, right? That's just I have a, a two year old's bladder, right? And I get up and I use my phone, right? So I click my phone and I use that as like light to make my way to the toilet. But now. As soon as I get up out of bed and I make my way down the little hall to the toilet, the sensor picks me up moving and then it, the toilet glows before I even get there. So the toilet's already glowing before it's just I... just a beacon of piss. Oh, it's just... It's, <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. It's great. Just ready for you. And, now, and yeah. now I don't necessarily have to sit down. Now I sit down when I'm like half asleep, but if I'm not t- totally asleep, I can stand up now and pee because I, I have a light that's... Now is it me. a normal light or is it a black light? No, no, it's, you could change the colors. Okay, so right now it's you don't blue. want a black light near the toilet. Wow, that's got to help with aim yeah. too. What yeah. do you mean? Like getting it in there. You know, it'd be cool if the lights did this. If they went from the outside in, so it went. Yeah, yeah. And like it's directing you towards the. I've noticed that. Have you noticed like the urinals that have little bees? Like you want to piss on the bee. They do that on purpose. That's why they put it there. Yeah, they do that on purpose. They put it there so that men aim for. Yeah. The when you're when you, you have want to drown that bee. When Didn't you they, have a kid, you're when if you have a boy, like a little boy, one of the things they teach you to yeah, piss tell you in to, a Cheerio. Yep, they, they yeah. say throw a Cheerio on the toilet. Yeah, and it teaches the kid to to, yeah. to aim. It's great you know parenting, uh, yeah, <laughs> hack right there. It's like it's, <laughs> speaking of parenting, did you hear that? Then you put a, you put a bowl of Cheerios for him. <laughs> He's oh, just cool. all over it. Whole yeah. bunch of yeah. targets. Wow, yes. <laughs> did you see the article that them. Jackie sent over about free range parenting? Yeah. The law that got passed over in yeah. Utah. What does yeah. that even mean? Is that like off leash? <sighs> they. I can't believe they even have to make a law. Well, yeah, that's weird. That I didn't, well, I think it's the law is to protect you. Them or the government from actually filing, uh, whatchamacallit, on yeah, your, like child protective if, services. Yeah, on your if you house. have, like, let's say you have an 11 year old and you let them play at the park by themselves and your house is, like, you know, down the street, it, then people would call the cops. It used to happen. Call the cops and then they would show up and then you'd get in trouble for neglect. And so this law is to protect parents who mm. give their kids a little bit more responsibility. So, what's your yeah. thoughts on that? What do you guys think? I think it's stupid that we have to make a law. Uh, yeah. It, uh, you know what? A lot has changed, dude. Like, wh- when we were kids, how old were you when you started walking to school on your own? Very young. We've talked about it. I was yeah. last key. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I did it. I was in junior high. I was yeah. in fifth grade, fourth, fifth grade maybe. And uh, my school wasn't too far. It was maybe quarter to a half a mile away. But to, today in many towns, many cities, if you have a fourth or fifth grader, because how old are you in, in fourth grade? 10, fifth grade, 10, 11. If, you, if the kids are doing that on their own, walking by themselves – you run the threat of having fucking child protection services called on you. Yeah, that's crazy. You know? Yeah. I one of the one of the uh Jordan Peterson talked about this in Twelve Rules of uh, Life. It was a great uh segment where he says, Never do for your kids what they can do for themselves. Right. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a very smart uh very, very smart thing to say because kids and this I'm very guilty of this. I, the way I was raised in particular, it's some things my mom just did for me until I moved out. 
certain things I did on my own, like I walked to school and stuff like that, but other things I didn't do at all. And it, she robbed me of that confidence building. So I didn't know how to operate a, you know, a dishwasher. I didn't know how to, you know, clean, you know, certain things or whatever. Cause she always did them for me. And so I don't, I want my kids to be that, you know, have that confidence. So I think it's important that parents let their kids be a little bit, you know, more responsible at younger ages. Yeah. It's yeah, funny it's they in, have to pass a law. Yeah, it is interesting because I remember that, like, walking home, like, through horse trails and, like, I was just gone. Like, we were gone and doing our own thing and then I would eventually make my way home and nobody was, like, worried or, or calling, you know, the cops to make sure they know where I am or anything. Like, it was just a different, a totally different uh, mentality towards that. You'd it, see kids walking all the time together. It's the, the only thing is that, because it's safer today than it was when we were kids, right? There's far less kids kids getting abducted and, 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 you know, killed or whatever. The irony but is people don't think that though. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, yeah, but I also wonder if, if the reason why there's less kids being abducted is because less kids are do- walking to school in their fourth grade. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's like, a good point. That's like, a good point. What if like a bunch of child, you know, predators pass this law? They're like, yeah. Yes. Oh, the free range kids throw that out Let there well i guess we'll see right i mean time will tell over the next couple of years if utah Olson has a spike in kidnapping right. probably not a good idea <laughs> your kids oh, be man. free right right you know this will end up happening so oh, shit. did yeah. you did you guys see the post that i put on uh instagram all the all the shares it got or whatever the cellulite one? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, you struck a chord that's a with hot that one. Topic. Yeah, because I don't think a lot of people knew that about. I didn't know that about cellulite up until up until recently. I think it's a brilliant uh, thing that needs to be brought up on the show. In fact, um, and it did strike a chord. So I learned this relatively recently. But the word cellulite, um, as used to describe the appearance of, of dimpled fat. So the way we understand, because cellulitis means something totally different. So the word cellulite's existed for a long time, but cellulite to describe the bumpy fat uh, that people will have, that didn't exist until 1972. So before 1972, no woman would have looked at her her body fat, uh, or man for that matter, because men will get, can get it too, and say, oh, I have cellulite, and that's, that's an unhealthy, terrible form of fat. They just would have looked at it and be like, it's just body fat. Yeah. 1972, a woman... Uh, Nicole Ronsard, she had this really, you know, ritzy New York salon and she came up with the, the term cellulite to describe this type of body fat. And she had massages and creams that she said would help reduce the appearance of this type of body fat, which no, is bullshit. It doesn't help. But, uh, it was brilliant. And she wrote a book on it. The book went crazy. I didn't realize that this was all fabricated on some snake oil bullshit. It, 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 so the book went crazy. Wow. So much sense. And then because, uh, and here's the thing, people don't like having lots of body fat on them. That, that's that's been around for a long time. So before 1972, but when you can name it the way it looks yeah. and then make it sound like it's a dysfunction, like it's oh it's this rare you know bad type of fat when in fact 90 percent of women have it statistically. And a decent uh, chunk of men have it as well. When you can do that, you strike a nerve, you create a new insecurity, and now you sell a product, right? And so that's that's what she did. She wrote a book. It went bestseller. Uh, major magazines like People Magazine interviewed her, talked about it. And then before you know it, there's this huge market for cellulite creams, creams and, and remedies and stuff like that, yeah. all based on how uh, on making people, and in this case particularly women, 
feel shitty about something that most people have. Right. Yeah. Feel really shitty about themselves. And so I wrote about that, and it really, yeah. it really did strike a chord. And what's normally in there that, like, is of course they'll probably use like one ingredient, let it be aloe vera or vitamin E or something that has some sort of backing that, hey, this is good for your skin. So that gets thrown in there, so they can back it up and say that it's got some positive benefits to using it. Do you know what that is with all these creams? No. Like, so, what do they use? Oh, I, I don't. You know how that is. They'll use a little bit of. I mean, what did uh, what's your face? I saw got on your page and tried to. Uh, oh, they're saying oh lymph massage and this that and the other helps with it. Look, if you have cellulite and if we were to look at a pie chart of things that would affect the, positively affect the appearance of cellulite, right? We looked at the pie chart. Ninety nine percent of that pie chart would be get leaner. Mm -hmm. Right. One maybe one percent would be you know balance out hormones, dry because, brushing or something. Yeah, shape. because you're 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 you you have maybe hormone imbalance that can that can change the appearance of your body fat because I know it's an uh, it's an estrogen sensitive tissue and all that stuff. But mainly just get leaner. That's the main thing. And how do you get leaner? Well, we talk about that all the time on the show. But you know it's easy to sell. It's hard to sell that because everybody knows that. It's easy to say this specific herb or product or technique is specifically for cellulite. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and, and the thing that I said on the post uh, was that, you know, we talk about all the time on the show is the reason why they do this, the reason why they make you feel like shit and make you feel like a victim or make you feel insecure is because it works. Yeah. Because every time they do that to you, you buy something. And so the only way that they're going to stop doing that, if you're sick and tired of feeling shitty or seeing marketing that's designed to make you feel like shit, especially if you have kids, especially if you have children and or daughters and you don't want them to go through that. Like I look at my kids and I, I'm much more aware of it. And I look at it and go, fuck, I don't want my kids to get targeted like this to feel like shit, you know, about themselves. Well, the reason why they do it is because it works. It works as we, we end up, give, we give them money. Right. And so they keep doing what gives them money. And so what we need to do is we need to stop giving them money. Yeah. So when you see shit like this, turn it off, change the channel, don't pay them, don't fund them. And eventually they'll change their tactics. Well, so meanwhile, what... hasn't plastic surgery gone up like substantially? I know like across the seas over in like, was it Korea? Like it's, it's like on every corner, I guess. Like they're saying that it's like, it's all, it's, it's an option. Everybody is, is opting into in terms of like, you know, just modifying their body. One of the most popular surgeries in uh, Korea, which Korea is, has one of the highest rates of plastic surgery is the procedure to uh, uh, widen the uh, widen the eyes. Mm. So make the eyes appear more um, Caucasian. And this is directly the result of the power of Western marketing influence. Yeah, because, just marketing purely. Well, because the, the biggest export that, the, that America, for example, has, one of the most powerful things that we have is our marketing. We're just, I mean, you know, the most widely known brands in the world are Coca-Cola, McDonald's, um, and we produce a lot of the media that's out there, Hollywood and all those types of things. Um, and so a lot of these other cultures are seeing this marketing and who's appearing in this marketing are Americans. And so they're, they're trying to make themselves look more like uh, Americans or whatever. And so you're, you're getting a lot of that. Do you think we're going to see the pendulum swing back or do you think we're just going to get closer and closer to being like robotic looking? It's happening, dude. People are looking more and more like... That's what I'm saying. Do you think know. we're going to go further? Do you think, or do you think the pendulum will swing back and eventually people will be like, okay, this is getting weird? Or as, as we get more and more connected to technology, are we just going to be more okay with it? 
I think what's starting to happen is unnatural is becoming um, so accepted that that's what's considered natural. So what I mean by that is, you know, if you went back 150 years and you saw a 45-year-old mother uh, or, or a 40-year-old mother of five kids with perfectly perky boobs, everybody would have been like, that's fucking weird. Why do her boobs look like that? That doesn't make any sense. But now it's not. It's not a weird thing to hey, see. Can I come over for cookies? I was just going to say, do you think weirds would came out of their mouth? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, weird. Weird. I think weird. they would have. I think they would have been looked. They would have looked and said, "Like, let me put it this way: when you see butt implants today, they stand out." We saw one in Vegas. Remember, we were in Vegas. We we're at the well, hotel. Yeah. Uh, I okay, think, but I think, if that I becomes think, popular, I also think that people like. I think we're a bad example because, I mean, you guys were. You're so in tune with anatomy that you understand what the body should look like. And so like when I see butt implants, especially butt implants, because boobs, if you if you do them in proportion to the rest of your body, you can get away with, with fake boobs, I feel like, and looking almost natural. But if you do... Well, natural ma- maybe for a 20-year-old. Whatever. That's what I'm saying. Well, they're in a bra anyways and in a shirt. My point of what I'm saying is that I can see a fake, a fake ass a mile away because if you have built an ass inevitably or if you were you're genetically gifted yeah, and you it have would affect a, all the rest of the muscles yeah exactly yeah. Your, your hamstrings, hamstrings and hamstrings are already like the number one neglected muscle on humans period we just don't do hamstring work hardly at all and yeah. so most people have underdeveloped hamstrings most all of us do mm-hmm. and so if you're already got an underdeveloped muscle and then you don't have glutes and then you throw on these huge glutes it just looks obvious to me so but but it, now now fast forward 20 years from now and let's say it becomes the number one plastic surgery procedure it will become so normalized that that not having that weird proportion will look weird do you see what i'm saying yeah no i get that i mean i remember when we uh remember when we did that uh post we paid um guy what was her name the instagram model jojo and she had like yeah. two million or something following. I, don't, I think she's got like eight or ten million now but I remember when I was talking to her and a couple times in between when we were talk- negotiating, uh, paying her to do a post, which did nothing for us, uh, she was going in and out of surgery and she was getting ass implants and getting, and, and I was like, she's already like this voluptuous looking girl already. And she was exaggerating the fuck out of it. And when you look at it on Instagram, it's funny. Like I think on, on Instagram, it looks they, those weird, yeah, it looks those, impressive or like right, like interesting, but in real life it looks weird. Yeah. weird. Yeah. yeah, it looks weird in and, real and life. And so I think what social media is starting to do is normalize distorted, uh, plastic, extreme versions of what health is supposed to exemplify. Like, yeah, a healthy body. Let's look at a male, for example. A healthy, fit male body, natural male body, will have wider shoulders to hip waist. You know, a nice hip to waist ratio, waist to shoulder ratio. Relatively lean, nice lines, muscularity, and strength. The exaggerated version of that would be a super small waist, super wide shoulders, super big bulging muscles, 2% body fat, okay? And that's becoming more normalized. And you see with women, the the big perky boobs, the super small waist, the massive ass, the you know really small joints, the face that doesn't move because there's Botox everywhere, the big, big, big lips... Um, you know, all, all the, these things that would are becoming normalized, and they're, what they're doing, they're 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 making what health lo- is supposed to look like. And they're just taking the cues that visually, when you look at somebody who's healthy, there's visual cues that tell you that are attract that they're attractive because those visual cues are are attached to health. 
But what they're doing with surgeries, they're taking those cues and they're exaggerating them. Well, it's just like- And that's becoming the norm. It's just like with colors and food, right? Like, so you get like the crazy, like sugary cereals that are really bright colors, which signals you that these are bright fruits that have nutrients and things that I'm desiring- but it really, it's just hijacking that that sensation. Great example. Yeah. And then you look at the colors in nature, and they're not nearly as neon color. Or well, whatever. tricks hasn't yeah. gone away. So does that mean this plastic no, surgery is not going away anytime Dude, soon? I, I don't think so. When I watched the latest season of the last that last season of uh, Jersey Shore, I couldn't believe what the women, what the girls' faces looked on there. Snooky and Jay Wow, and they looked um, f- terrible. But that's becoming normal. Yeah. So now you're seeing younger and younger women, for example, get that super crazy lip look and plastic surgery look. It's just going to get normal. People are just so afraid of aging. You know, they just don't want to show that they're aging. And, and like these, like instead of embracing it, and there's certain cultures that you see like have embraced it, and it's 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 just such a healthier uh, vibe that they're putting off. You know, as opposed to like like trying to maintain this youth by all means necessary. It just doesn't. It's not an attractive look to begin with. It's a a healthy mindset is being okay with with what is. Now that doesn't mean you don't take care of yourself and you're not healthy. In fact, if if you have a healthy mindset, you're more likely to take care of yourself in ways that are that are appropriate. And so when you see someone who's 50, 60, 70 years old who doesn't do all these crazy things to change their appearance, but is very healthy, maintains their fitness, eats very good, gets good sleep. They look good. They look yeah. vibrant, but they don't look fake. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know, man. I think I, it really stands out on the people that don't put the work in. Because you see examples like, have you seen? Have you guys seen Jane Fonda right now? Yeah. She looks pretty badass. Yeah. And you know she's had a lot of work done, too. Have, but have I, you seen her in person? Her, her and Cindy Crawford? She hasn't been by the man, house lately. She's, yeah. still, she's still a fox. <laughs> have you ever seen some of these celebrities in person? They don't. They look good in pictures, but in person, you could tell. I, well, I won't disagree. With you. I won't disagree that some are like that for sure. But I, you know, I, I get the feeling that somebody who has, that is taking care of their body, eating wise, and training for most of their life, and they're in their seventies, and they get a little bit of a facelift or something. I don't. I can't imagine them being. I've had clients like this. I have clients that you guys wouldn't even know that have had plastic surgery and you don't know. There's there's extremes of everything. I think yeah. the, I think Sometimes you, it's subtle and you don't even know. Yeah, you have it no looks I, good, yeah. Especially I think if you're you taking care of yourself. I think yeah. you don't know because it's become so norm to see more of the extremes. Hmm. I think if those things never existed and then you saw even subtle, you know, plastic surgeries, they would stand out quite a bit. Mm. It's just becoming more. I'm not look. I'm not saying it's good or bad. Uh, you know, do what you want. It's your it's your body and your your face and whatever. The thing that alarms me is what's driving it, yeah. and what's driving it is uh, people aren't. They're not liking themselves. You know what's okay. So check this out. This is a new statistic, by the way. The last two years, the life expectancy of Americans has dropped two years in a row for the first time in a long time in modern times. And they went and they broke down the, the the data to figure out why is the life expectancy decreasing? Is it because our health is worse? Are people just not literally living as long? No. What affected those numbers is uh, heroin overdoses has been exploding and suicides mm. in modern times has been growing. Huh. Both of both of which are connected to people not just hate, not liking themselves and not liking life. People using all these drugs to numb themselves and dying, and people literally killing themselves. It's a weird, it's a weird time. And so I think plastic surgeries and all that shit is going to it's spiking along the same thing. Yeah, it's going up it the same way. I can I can agree with that. And you it's know? only going to get worse with the generation that's growing up right now that doesn't know any better. I mean, if you are born 
you know, in the last five years, like imagine these kids that are growing up in the Instagram world where you're going to have one by the time you hit elementary school. And- it's not just the, it's not just that it's that in the lack of, uh, meaning in other traditional things like spirituality, um, you know, virtue responsibility. So you, ha- you, you don't have any of those things anymore, but, but you, what you do have is replacing is, is, is what's replacing all of that because those are gone is, Social media, materialism, um, you know, a value in my appearance, my youth, and all those all, all those other things. And so, because of that, you're 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 getting a, what's what's called a some people are calling it a, a crisis of meaning or a crisis of of the spirit. So, and it, it's crazy if you think about it. Would you ever guess that more people are are depressed and killing themselves today when we have way more shit and way less starving and way more money and way more everything else? It's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's a new problem. Yeah. Anyway, let's let's change the subject. Get on. Get on. Good. Thank uh, God for yoga pants, yeah. huh, guys. Oh shit. <laughs> Speaking of which, did you guys get your girls the Valentine's Day gifts yeah, from Dory? Yeah, Are you oh. gonna wrap me out though on the on the podcast? Because I mean, that's why I was the, the oh, best she part. Listens. The best. Oh, yeah. Sorry, well, whatever. Honey, I'll just have to do. I'll just have to double up, I guess. Yeah. But no, yeah, we used. Uh, <laughs> These are for Viore Connect to, to get some uh, gear for the girls for Valentine's. What'd you guys so. end up getting? I got my girl the windbreaker. It's a, it's called the Stone Steps windbreaker. So. A lot of people don't know Viore makes women's women's clothing. Oh, Katrina loves well, it. Well, because we highlight the fact that it, it makes great you know men's clothing to to compete with like the Lululemon yeah. types. But yeah, they make they make like really good looking. She likes she likes it over Lulu now. I mean, I yeah. when, before I yeah, mean when we first started Jessica's this show, I remember early on I'd tell you guys that. You know, we used to have a, a second dresser in one of our guest rooms where the shoes are all at that she has that's nothing but Lulu, that all the Lulu I've bought her since we yeah. were together. And that's now slowly get she's like been slowly letting it go and giving it to family. So what that. does she it's like been, over the why does she like Viore more than the Lulu? Is it the is it the the feel and the durability? Because that's what Jessica says. It's, yeah, it's, it's Courtney says it's the fit, and it's yeah, it's like uh, definitely like she wears it out in public more than wearing the Lulu's. Lulu's like really like obviously trying to like lift and, and emphasize the butt and all that mm. kind of stuff. But this is like more. It does all that, but it's more like livable. Yeah, she just thinks it's more comfortable. Yeah. It fits her. It fits her a little bit better than even the Lulu does. And not to knock on Lulu because uh, she's loved Lulu, Freddie, and now Viore have been like her mm-hmm. or her go to. If you see my girl working out in the gym, she's wearing one of those three right. for sure. And just now that we were sponsored with Viore, she's had an opportunity to kind of go through and like try all the. So what I try and do Reaping is every time benefits. I buy myself something, I'll buy a different piece from there. This will be the first time she's had the windbreaker, so we'll see if she likes that. You know, but so far everything that I've got her, she absolutely loves. I got I got Jessica the pace uh, leggings, which I guess mm. was supposed to be for uh, running and yoga. I don't know. Yeah. But they look good. Get the yeah. racer racer leggings. You got the racer yeah, ones. Just get that stripe down the side. We're such good boyfriends. Right now they're gonna look sharp. Yeah, yeah. We got, got got them clothes. I'm gonna be perving on it. I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And speaking of running, did you guys see in the in the in the news like all over the place about that runner in Colorado? Yeah. Did you hear about this? No, yeah. no, no. What happened? This guy went running up in the in the whatever in Colorado hills or whatever. Got attacked by a Dude. mountain lion. What? Yeah. A mountain lion actually. A, a, a 90 pound so it was a juvenile but still 90 pound mountain lion like pure muscle F- bro a 90 pound pit bull will take your ass down this yeah. is a fucking lion well let's just set the stage there yeah, yeah i told you running an aggressive bad. animal yeah, that can it, shred your face it came after him and apparently this guy is a fucking jujitsu guy so is that he, his background yeah i was wondering so he's fighting it off and it's biting his arms and so he went around and choked the fucking thing fucking choked to death, to death. 
to, no way. to death. Choked it to death. What a savage. He, that killed, is. he killed the mountain lion. Oh, wow. That's the most badass human being Dude, on earth. I wonder how many hopefully they let him keep he's it. lined up. Hopefully they that. let him keep it. Yeah. Dude, I would wear that thing like a scarf. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, for sure. I'm getting that. You got like his, his, yeah, his like front like fangs. Just 100%. Like hanging you off get that stuffed, and that's that's hanging in, gold your, li- medallion. in your living room. Dude, for sure. if oh, this yeah. was a thousand years ago, he would have gotten all the women, all the, you know what I mean? Right? Come back with a fucking. I make a helmet out of his head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You are the man. You are the god. That's sick. Yeah, but you apparently you can choke out lions, so now that I know that now that we know that yeah, yeah the more you know i'm all good now he probably yeah. lucked out that it was an 80 or a 90 pounder for sure oh dude you ain't gonna ch- you ain't gonna choke out a fucking serengeti lion yeah. lion from africa yeah. no <laughs> things no. gonna fuck you up well yeah no I, i'm surprised too like i wonder if it jumped on his back and just started like mauling him or like how that all like went down you know like oh that's that's yeah, what fucking crazy. people people get killed by them uh, sometimes. I, I think wasn't there one attacked up in the, in the Santa Cruz not that long ago? Well, there was one actually. It was funny. I was talking to Courtney about this. Like uh, she worked with somebody who uh, recently, like they were on a hike somewhere in Mountain View, I think it was, and their their son was with them and was kind of uh, like behind them a bit. And uh, one of the mountain lions actually snatched the kid, and and then um, the what? And then his dad ran after and actually had like pride punched it in the head i guess and like pried it out of its out of its uh, mouth so that, so it already grabbed it by its neck and was dragging it away and anyway this was in the news like maybe like a year ago or did so did the kids survive yeah kids survived they just but they had to hold pressure on the neck and then like basically run cuz they didn't have cell service they had to just run it dead back to the car and then take them to the ER holy shit i, so. I never realized I, like, I never think of that but we're, there's mountain there's actual lions like yeah, in yeah. the mountains around us, there like there was real one, lions. Like uh, so, there's cameras where I live. Like um, some people showed me footage of of a mountain lion that was like walking through everybody's backyards. So oh, I was like oh shit, hell! Because now everybody has those because cameras are cheap now, right? So and you can go on Facebook and, and look at these groups. But these are people who live like in Almaden and shit. They're not even yeah. way up in the hills, and they'll show mountain lions like uh, walking up their car, you yeah. know, stepping down, yeah. walking in the street. They're shit? among us, dude. You know, like, no, we grew up. We grew up around them. They used to come around. Like, you ever see one? Uh, oh yeah, we used to see them all the time. Actually, when I lived up in Don Pedro, I mean, it, they they do they do like a little local alert whenever it happens because if ones get spotted coming down, they'll come down and they'll they'll kill your cattle, they'll kill your horse if they're hungry and they haven't got any food. That's what sets them down to come down the mountain. Normally, they're up there hunting and living up there. They don't want to come down, but they'll come down if they are hungry. And they're normally looking for for something, and they'll they'll pick up a, a dog, a cat, anything. So, yeah, no, we used to see them all the time. Damn, yeah. what do you got there, Doug? We've got a box from Thrive Market. Hey, we oh. haven't done an open a box uh, in a while. I know. Yeah, I, I like when we do this. He's got secrets. Well, I just want get... it to be exciting for you. Think about if it was Christmas every day. You know, you get kind of bored of that. We'll see so. about I that. Know. I don't know about Let's that. Test it out. <laughs> Christmas. Yeah, how are you gonna get bored of Christmas? Yeah, Christmas every day. Well, I got some stuff here. Some of it for this. Studio and some of it is for you guys. Oh, you got us more. Okay, you guys talked about these siete oh, grain cool. free oh, hell yeah. chips. Yeah. I got some of those. I'll go ahead and keep those no, right no, here. No, no. Ranch flavor. I came up with those. Okay, remember? well, yeah. I got two bags. So you got oh. the Fuego ones. Oh, you can mm. have the Fuego ones. Those are good. I can tell you that. Now, I always talk about macadamia milk. Mm. And so I got each of you one of them. Nice. Ooh. So that you can try it out and test it out. And you refrigerate it, Doug? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, so, so let me know if you think it's better than almond milk okay. or any other type of Thank you. milks, because I think it is. 
from more, the teats of macadamia. More forks. Nice. Mm. We go through a lot of forks around here. That's forking crazy. <laughs> Fork off. <laughs> All right. Now, <laughs> this next one, um, you could guess who it's for. It's uh, citrus magic organic odor eliminating air freshener, orange zest smell mm. odor. There you go, Justin. I'll uh, spray yeah. it all over Who your might mic. need this for the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Doug's put me on blast. No, I didn't this call is, you out. A, you called yourself this out. This is a roast. <laughs> this is a roast. And now that we have the bathroom pretty much all to ourselves, I've got some hand soap here. We got a foaming hand wash. Nice. Oh. And then yeah, there's this other going. one I thought might be interesting, which is a grapefruit <laughs> mandarin charcoal hand wash, <laughs> oh, which is interesting. Uh, I use charcoal soap. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah, I do. You do? Yep, I like it. And I really like does it. Does leave your hands black? No. It feels no, like no. you could use charcoal for so many things. Yeah, I think it's the new coconut oil. Yeah, you like brush your teeth <laughs> with the it. new coconut oil. <laughs> yeah. You stave off like hangovers. It was, it went, what was it? it was apple cider vinegar at one point. Yeah. And then it was coconut oil. Now it's charcoal. Yeah. 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 Rub and that's it, all it. Over your body. I feel like we helped set set the charcoal trend, though. We did. We we did. Yeah, I think we everybody's did. been doing it with the alcohol thing. It's been a game changer, dude. It fucking works, bro. Yeah, it is, man. you have black poops for a day or whatever. It saved me. It saved me it. in Vegas from a hangover. It. it just didn't save me from getting sick afterwards. Yeah, it's not. It's, it's not designed to protect the immune system at no, all. No, no, no. So this 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 macadamia nut milk, Doug. Let me look at the macros on this thing. Oh wow! So eight ounces, five grams of fat. Uh, one gram of carbohydrate, one gram of protein. Of course, it's la- it's no milk. It's pretty good. It's uh, it's only fifty calories. Pure the unsweetened. Milk. It's called Moo is Moot, and it's made from free range trees. What the hell does that mean? I think they're growing down in <laughs> is it uh, Australia. Australia? Yeah. Oh wow, mm-hmm. Australian macadamia milk. I can't wait to try this. Random treats. Now, is that is that more expensive than almond and coconut, or is it relatively? I think it the same? may be a little bit more expensive. They have a good price on Thrive Market. If I go to Whole Foods, it's like I think a dollar more oh, per wow. container. Oh wow! So you, Thrive is cheaper. You definitely save money by Thrive going to Thrive. Wins every time. Mm-hmm. Thrive Market. By Maps Anabolic. If you're looking to maximize your overall muscle and strength, Maps Anabolic is the perfect place to start. With a full 30-day money-back guarantee, there is absolutely zero risk. So what are you waiting for? Go to mindpumpmedia.com and get started today. It's the motherfucking quad. The eagle has landed. Quiqua. First question is from Rabri. Can you guys explain the proper or best way to progress into both pistol squats and box jumps. These are moves I find a little more challenging and want to master, but don't want to risk injury by going in blindly. Sounds like someone who goes to a CrossFit. Mm. (laughs) It's like for that to even be something that has a goal that you want to do. You know how many people I did pistol squats and box jumps with? Yeah. Can you you remember how many? Yeah, there's not a whole lot. No, no. I don't know. One? Two. (laughs) I mean, serious. Not that much at all. Not at all. I mean, it just. I think. I think. um, I think working towards the ability to do a pistol squat, I think, is a is a good goal to have. Like, you know, hey, like realizing I can't do this without my heel rising or feeling terrible on my knees or my my upper back rolling, rounding over, hella bad. So I think it's a good goal that that those all of us should kind of aspire to get to. But I don't think it's something that 
we should have in most people's routines. I think it's a, extremely challenging for someone to get that kind of depth uh, with both feet on the ground, much less one. Well, I think recognizing it that those are you know, like higher skills and those are harder for you to like naturally do. Like, I think that's good to recognize that there's going to be work involved in working your way up towards mm-hmm. those type of skills. Cause they're, I mean, they're very like novel, unique type of skills. Uh, uh, the, the jumping itself in terms of like box jumping, there's a lot of application there, uh, in terms of like being able to generate force and express that, uh, and also stabilize it and control, um, so it's that's that's the most simple way to kind of look at uh, power production. But in terms of like the, uh, I mean the the um, the pistol squat for me, that's that's one of those things. It's like a very unique sort of a trick. Like it looks good on Instagram. Like I've done it plenty of times just to kind of like show off or whatever. But uh, like having just like a Bulgarian split squat or something like that, where I'm I'm getting sort of the same effect to me has a little more value personally. Um, but if I was to work on it, I would I would start real basic and um, start with my foot in a position where it's going to sort of emulate that, where my heels down on the ground, my toes up, and then I might even use the the squat rack to start walking my way down, keeping my chest up nice and high. We made a YouTube of this. Yeah, okay, so we made a YouTube. So, yeah, there's a progression to it, uh, you know, of course, and, and a, reg- a regression. So uh, just just take your steps sort of on a natural pace with that. So for people listening, a, a pistol squat is essentially a one-legged squat. You're just balancing on one leg. Yeah. The other leg is straight out in just front. Just out in front. <laughs> and, you're, and you're squatting down. I think Adam hit the nail on the head when he said that people have a tough enough time doing a two-legged squat with good control, good balance, good stability, and good range of motion. And and a two-legged squat is a fundamental foundational uh, part of human movement. It's you know there's there's certain things that are considered foundational movements uh, in in human uh, you know locomotion or movement, and one of them is a squat with both legs. Most people can't do that. So to take them from a two-legged squat and say, okay, now we're going to do a pistol squat, you got to be really, 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 really good at doing all the two-legged stuff before you even play around with the one-legged stuff. You have to have really good ankle mobility uh, with a pistol squat, more than you would need with a with a two-legged squat. You need really good hip stability and mobility, more so than you would with a, a traditional squat. You'd need good, of course, balance. You need good core stability and control. A lot of people go in a really, really strong tailbone tuck at the bottom of a pistol squat um, because they lose that mm-hmm. <coughs> that control at the bottom. So it's a tough exercise. Now, if you can do a pistol squat properly, um, then it becomes a great exercise. Uh, if if it's if you have everything down and, and it's good control and good strength, good stability, you know, ankles, hips, knees, everything feels good. It's a great exercise because it's it's dramatically increasing the load that you're placing on one leg, and it involves a lot of balance. So how do you progress yourself to get to that point? Well, step one, get really good at regular squats first. Get really, really, really good at regular squats. Then I'd say get really, really good at split stance type squatting movements. Then get really, really good with split stance, one foot elevated type movements like a Bulgarian squat. Then I would probably have someone step on a, a box and do step ups. And practice stepping up. Then I would have them practice just squatting down on a box while one leg kind of hangs off the box and the other leg is on the box. So imagine if you're standing on a bench or a box with your right leg and your left leg is just kind of hanging. Practice squatting down and coming up 
with just your right leg. So that way you're mimicking that that one-legged movement. Um, and then, you know, Justin gave a great example where you're kind of holding on to something as you're mimicking this exercise. But you, it's really think of it as a skill, not necessarily a strength, uh, you know, movement. Um, and practice. Practice like you'd practice, practice any other skill. You're not going balls out with it. You're just going little by little trying to per- perfect the movement. Well, what do you guys think about the the box jump? So when I'm trying to teach somebody how to, how to jump properly, I like to take them from a, a seated position. So I'll, I'll start them like in a chair or on mm-hmm. an elevated bench where they, they are in a seated position and then I just have them jump up. We're not jumping onto anything yet. We're just coming from a, a seated position and then jumping out of that, that position. And that's just teaching them proper mechanics mm-hmm. on how to do a proper jump. Because the most common thing you see when someone who doesn't know how to jump right is right away the body will leverage, the knees kind of cave in, you rock to the front of the, your, your toes and you get this real ugly looking you know, uh, leverage to, to hop up on something. That's typically where somebody ends up hurting themselves. So you know, it's, it's learning how to come out of the hole properly and then mm-hmm. jump straight up and then also to land. It's crazy how people, because um, you, you, you never train somebody who's older and you... You watch them try, you know, try to do a one-legged exercise, or I've seen other trainers have their older clients try and jump, yeah. and it's a skill that they've lost because yeah. they never practice it. And so you see people try and jump on. I've seen trainers try to have their older clients jump on like a like a foam pad that's maybe I don't know what is that three inches, four inches high, and they'll and still stack. They have a tough time trying to get yeah, on it. I know because they can't even jump. I, I'd say the first thing you practice if you want to practice box jumps is just jumping. Yeah, right. Like, don't jump just, on just anything. In place. Yeah. yeah, I would say that. In uh, to be honest, um, I've found that sometimes it's even easier for me to teach just like a, a kettlebell swing, a real basic kettlebell swing with hip hinging movement that is trying to express that same explosive power than like putting that kind of stress on the joints with you know a, a box jump or just jumping in general. So. Um, I think it just it varies across the board in terms of like what abilities they're bringing in, and then I'll coach to those abilities and see what I can, um, you know, progress upon and build upon. But if it's somebody that like doesn't even know how to generate, like the the first thing is being able to control that kind of uh, force and power, and and where all that force is being distributed. So uh, you really have to make sure that um, you know all the all the joints and all the prerequisites are there and mobility wise in the skill in the skill of it yes yeah, it's, it's, it's all by itself yeah people have to think of it this way if you're about to do a new movement even if that movement is a natural human movement you see people do it all the time on TV don't worry about that look at yourself so if, if you're going to go and you're like I'm going to go start running think to yourself how often have I ran in my life recently and if it's never or almost never okay, I got to start really fucking slow. Like I got to start as if this is my first time running and I got to learn the skill of it. If you never jump, which most people never jump, it sounds crazy to say, but really think about that. The average adult who goes to you know work and, and you know pays their bills and you know has kids or whatever, ask them, seriously, think about it. When, when do they jump? They don't. They never jump. They walk. They maybe will jog from you know from a short distance, like to go catch their kid before they run off to the street. But they never jump, so they're gonna all of a sudden go in the gym and jump for a workout. Yeah. No, you gotta learn the skill. Uh, you gotta you gotta learn the skill of jumping. You never jump, so practice the skill 
uh, of jumping. This goes for all activities. It's this reminds me of the the recent podcast we did with the, the Jawser size guy, and he's like, yeah, you know, hunter gatherers they they chewed for so many hours during the day, and we're super weak. It's like, okay, well that's true. But taking the average person and giving them uh, a, a, something to chew on to, to work their jaw from what we're doing now, you're going to cause right. problems, just like you would if you all of a sudden tried to go running barefoot like our exactly. ancestors did. Yeah, you see the difference in what kind of musculature is there in the feet and the toes, uh, you know, with with ancient hunters gather as, mm-hmm. as opposed to now. It's like that would be detrimental for our feet. If I, would, to do that. Well, I would. I would say is, just go slow. A, well, this also reminds me of why I don't like CrossFit. Still, you know, it's like yeah. the fact that this is even a question. You know, so this is. It's obvious to me this is somebody that's either taking a CrossFit class or taking one right now, and this is what they're doing. And so it's like, I need to learn how to box jump. Where if you were a client of mine right. and I assessed your movement, I would probably tell you, no, we're not going to box jump. No, we're not going to pistol squat right now. I've got plenty of other things that I want to work on with you before we would even think about even working towards that. It's yeah, just- the only reason, yeah, too, and I, I normally am the first to bash CrossFit, uh, but uh, like in, in performance, we do have box jumps, and I've had to defend it on some level in terms of like the volume of it, and so we've reduced significantly in the new rollout um, you know, coming out because of the fact that I want to treat it more of a, a skill. So this is, is something to work towards um, that you know a lot of people will – limit themselves in terms of strength and uh, will never express themselves with any sort of power in their movements. And that is something that you will lose over the years. So if, if you are somebody that's doing that consistently, uh, you know, in your youth and in your playing sports or uh, you just like activities and, and to do things and abilities. Like for me, I like I like to still play basketball. I like to still, uh, you know, play softball. I like to move and, and uh, be able to control like explosive reactive movement. And so for me, that's important. Uh, so I do need to do things like box jumping, but there's a process to that. And you just have to treat it with its own specific focus. No, and the, and the, the, the way we created mass performance is for people <laughs> who like to be able to express their bodies in, in athletic ways. Yeah, I'm not because, recommending it to a person that probably can't do a pistol squat or can't do a, a regular two never jumped. Yeah, no. or never jumped. Like right, if, right. You're, if you're breaking, and a lot of this too, a lot of speculating going on right now because I have no idea what this person's mechanics looks like. If I saw the way you move, like... I would be able to better tell like how far away you are from doing this right now. Like mm-hmm. if you if you go to do a, a box jump and you know you you only get a slight bit in the knee and the knees collapsing right away and the jump is just awful and then the pistol squat is just you're it's unhurt. There's no way you're getting down there without your heels rising up or you feeling all this pain. Like if you're there, you're that far away. Well, then there's so many other things that I want to do with you before that. Now, if you're somebody who's you know, already jumping pretty well. You're just trying to get to another level, and you just you're you're afraid, and there's more fear of jumping up onto a box that's two feet off the ground or whatever. So, being able to see this person, you know, would really probably change this conversation a little bit more too. I know we're harping on CrossFit, and then we're just assuming that this person can't jump very well at all because they're asking to be able to jump on a jump box. No, it's it's a good point. I mean, the way you should treat box jumps are like a skill, and then once you've got the skill down, you treat it like a power exercise, which is you jump as hard as you can once, you step down, you, you recover. gather, you recover, gather yourself, and you do it again. Yeah, that's how you should treat a box jump. So it's either a as a skill, practice jumping, practice jumping, get really good at the skill. And then B, I got the skill. Now I'm just maximizing uh, maximizing power output 
um, versus the way a lot of people use box jumps, which is just, yeah, yeah, just I'm going to get you tired. Yeah, that's not the way to use it. And it's a cool way to get you tired. It looks cool. You don't really need a box for that. You could just run in a circle and you get the same, you know, you get the same results for just for the fatigue. Right. Next question is from Alexana Douge. Can you use a trigger session as a warm-up on a foundational workout day? So trigger hmm. sessions are what are in MAPS Anabolic. And so for people who don't know, these are very light, short, 8 to 10-minute pumping workouts that you do on your off days to hmm. facilitate that body pumping muscle days. building signal. You're not trying to break muscle down. You're not trying to cause lots of damage. You're trying to get a little bit of a pump and a little bit of a burn. And that helps your body recover and build muscle. And you do them frequently throughout the day, two to three a day on those off days. And they're very, very effective. When you incorporate them in your routine, I don't care what routine you're doing, whether it's MAPS Anabolic or your own routine, do these on your off days and watch what happens uh, to your progress. That being said, they that would, being said, yeah, you would be way better off instead of using trigger sessions to warm up on a foundational, doing more specific to... Priming. Yeah, priming. I, I think... Figuring out what your and that's why we created Prime was for you to take the assessment, figure out where where there's a breakdown in your your body, and then that's those movements are the movements that you should be doing before you get into a foundational day. The pumping the trigger sessions uh, to to send an anabolic signal right before you're about to go into a lift. If anything, no need. yeah, if it's counterproductive, right? Or if anything, it could potentially utilize more energy than you'd like. I would and say it's better than nothing just because you're moving. Right, um, right, right. And you're, you're warming, you're getting the CNS to fire a little bit better and you're feeling your muscles warm and you're less likely to to hurt yourself uh, because you're once you get the CNS to fire a little bit, it, it fires a little bit more appropriately when you go do your heavy lifts. So it's better than nothing, but it's, it's along the lines of how people used to always view warming up, which was to warm the body up, right. which I guess is better than, and it is better than just jumping straight into a workout, but it's not that much better. And really the purpose that it serves is to reduce injury. What priming does is priming, of course it reduces injury, the risk of injury. That's a given, but what it does is it maximizes the workout you're about to do by encouraging better movement. So if I, for example... Let's say I'm about to do my my squat workout, and you know I did my assessment, and I have really bad uh, thoracic mobility. So thoracic is the kind of near the it's like kind of my upper mid back area. I'm not able to pull my shoulders back and and really grab the bar when it, when the bar's on my back. It's just tough. So I, I I tend to have this rounded upper back when I'm holding the bar. And it's hard to get into position. The way I would prime before squatting for that particular situation would be movements that would help me activate and bring my shoulders back, loosen up the muscles that are tight that are preventing that from happening, strengthen and activate the muscles that help pull the shoulders back, and just get me in a better position. So now that I've primed properly, when I go squat, my form is better right out the gates. It's it's good right away. So rather than what, you, what usually happens with people when they go into a workout is it takes them three, four, five sets of that exercise to feel like they're in the groove, and sometimes they still don't feel like they're in the groove. Yeah. Proper priming session, boom, I get into it, and I'm in the groove right away, and I get more yeah, out of difference. the exercise. It's like you're working your way towards that feeling, or you're, you know, you're preparing your body to to get there like ahead of time, which, you know, you're you're, you're showing your body the, the road, the map to to what what type of movement you want to produce. 
Um, and then you solidify that by, you know, really kind of contracting and squeezing and, and sending that signal that this is, you know, this is the way that we're going to operate through this movement. And now I taught my body that that's the path. Now I apply that with load versus I'm just going to apply load and try and manipulate my body real time and kind of get my way to that destination. And, and not to mention, look, if I start the squat process without really addressing that upper back rounding position, right? And I squat that way. I can get away with squatting that way. And I may actually be able to start to squat heavy that way. Mm-hmm. But what ends up happening is I end up creating a strong, you know, recruitment pattern that incorporates a rounded upper back. That becomes my squat uh, form. That becomes my, my squat position. Mm-hmm. And that's going to limit how much I can progress because at some point that is going to either get me hurt or just limit the amount of weight that I can squat or... Here's the other part. I'm not able to activate my muscles as effectively. So I'm just not getting the most out of the exercises. So something I've said in the past is I've told people, look, if you prime properly, you can expect to get like 5 to 10% more out of those exercises. So you, the same exercises, just you're going to get more out of them, more in terms of, uh, of your results because you prime properly. So before you work out, Rather than warming up, go into your warm up with a with an intent, and that's really the that's really in a nutshell what priming is. It's warming up with intent, mm-hmm. and the intent is based off of how your body moves, what your particular issues are. Is it your ankle mobility that you have issues with? Is it your ability to to pull back your shoulders when you do some exercises? Is it your hip mobility? Do you find a lot of times people will have uh, hip pain or or IT band tightness? That's the the side of the thigh. We used to all foam roll all the time, right? We'd foam roll it because the IT band would get tight and people have pain there. A lot of times that's just because you're not able to activate the muscles that pull your legs apart, the abductors. So when you prime properly and you start squatting, no more IT band pain. You don't have to foam roll them every single time you work out. So yep. uh, can trigger sessions be used as a warm-up? Yeah. I mean, I guess they can. It's better than nothing. Mm. But if you really want to maximize your workout um, and, and do it the right way, you want to prime. Next question is from That Fly Guy. Thoughts on using TRX for trigger sessions on non-gym days? Suspension training. You did this for a while, right, Justin? I did, yeah. I actually had a focus on like anything and everything body weight related. Uh, And suspension trainers played a big part of that for me because I I didn't want to just do push-ups and pull-ups and, you know, uh, just like... I was trying to figure out ways to intensify all these different types of movements and uh, suspension trainers allowed for, um, you know, different angles, different gravitational forces for me to, you know, really progress um, a, a lots of these movements. And so I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, and but I do definitely see this as another tool, not something like like I went way too long you know, of a period with it. And I felt that it it definitely got to a point where I I hit plateaus uh, because I stayed uh, in that mentality for way too long. I think if you, the only thing you have to be careful of if you're using it for trigger sessions is, is doing too much. Too hard. Yeah. Too hard. Cause it's not, I mean, some of the moves are challenging. I mean, doing a, a push up on those things is, is legit. I mean, that can get you, if you've never used a suspension trainer before, and you use one, you can get really sore from that. So that's the I. But I there's some great shoulder, bicep, tricep, real lightweight type movements that mm-hmm. uh, I use it for. 
uh, when I taught at OTF, you know, they use a suspension trainer in there. So I've taught tons of exercise in there and I like it. I really do like it. Um, and I, I have a rope that I use at my house real similar to this when I'm just kind of pumping. So I've used it for trigger sessions. You just got to be careful that you don't go, you know, crazy with it because you can. Yeah, because a trigger session is meant to be low intensity. Yeah, you know, that's the only, that's the only one thing that I'd say. I think it's a great idea. We actually included this in uh, Maps Anywhere. Yeah, yeah, Maps Anywhere. There's a whole section on suspension trainers. We gave that as like a free mod that's inside there. And I don't know, there's what, 30 exercises? Yeah, there's there? there was a bunch. Some of my favorite moves that you could do with the, the TRX or another like competing suspension trainer or like even, uh, you know, Olympic rings and things like that. Um, for me, I just, I always liked it because there's different ranges of motions you don't quite have access to either with cables or with, with dumbbells or, you know, barbells. Um, I mean, dumbbells, you can get away with a lot just because, you know, you can kind of move your body to, uh, you, you know, get in a position where you could probably like, you know, hit certain parts a little more effectively. Um, but in terms of like being able to add stress in, in different ranges of motion, like a suspension trainer will hit new areas that you, you haven't really been able uh, to challenge. I love like W's and I's and shoulder work on there. There's a lot. I use it for that more than anything else. Good shoulder stability. Yeah. Style. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. I've used it for priming too. So why we, we just answered a question on, or, you know, how you should prime. And this is trigger sessions. I know we're talking about now, but um, I've used the, the suspension trainer to, to prime. You know, I know that, you know, we talk about zone one is probably one of the areas where I break down the most. And so kind of waking up all those those back upper back and, and rear delt muscles, man, that makes a And I know big... we talk shit well, I know core is like this <laughs> this term that's like been beaten to death, but in terms of me being able to challenge my whole body to stabilize, like it, it puts a lot more pressure on that whole stabilization process without uh, you know, having to juggle and balance on balls and all that kind of stuff at the same time. Well, the thing about TR, the using suspension trainers like TRX that I think is awesome is this, is what I find that's awesome about all body weight style training, which is you know exercise involves a level of skill, and the better you get at certain exercises, the better you get at these types of skills. That's part of why you get stronger. Part of the reason why you get stronger at something is you just get better at doing that movement. It becomes more of a natural movement. You develop a skill for it. And the skills that you develop manipulating your body through space are different than the skills you develop manipulating weights around your body. So if I use lots of free weights, and I love free weights, that's the majority of how I train, but if I, if I only use free weights and I get really strong with free weights, I'm not going to develop the same skill that I would get getting strong, being able to move my body around. So an example of this would be like a, a bench press versus a push-up. When I'm on a bench and I'm doing a bench press, I'm pressing the bar away from my body. My body is stationary. The only things moving are my hands. When I'm doing a push-up or a, a suspension uh, trainer push-up, my hands are in, in, in a particular place and my body is what's moving. And so the skill I develop is how to move my body around. And this is actually uh, quite valuable in everyday life because in everyday life, you, you need to move heavy objects around, but mostly what you do is move your body around. Yeah. And so you want to develop these skills. And so I find body weight training to be incredibly functional for everyday life. The, diff the problem is they, require t they tend to require more skill, and they're not as forgiving as free weights and dumbbells and, and barbells tend to be. Like, you know, I, it's hard to do an overhead press type exercise with just your body weight unless you're already super strong. And have lots of like closed stability. chain, open chain movements. Like yeah, the, the, the importance of both. And yeah, I think that 
body weight training uh, for me it helps it helps me to understand my body more you know in terms of like how um how to to sort of distribute uh and allocate resources of force and and how to put pressure in certain areas of my body and so it it kind of slows things down and, and helps you to kind of understand um, you know, how your body like works as, as one unit to, I think more effectively, sometimes we get, um, distracted by the weights and like what the weights are doing and everything else. It really helps to kind of hone in and center in like what's really going on with your body. <laughs> it's a different feel too. Like if you, if you do a lot of body weight movements, just walking around, you feel agile. Mm-hmm. It's a different kind of feeling. Now, if you lift a lot of heavy weights, you walk around feeling strong and powerful. Yeah. So it's just a different feeling. And I think they complement each other. So even if you're just into bodybuilding or you know you just want to sculpt your body, uh, incorporating suspension training, um, you can get a lot of benefits for how your body looks and just how your body feels. That will translate to the weights. Next question is from K.M. Emerson. Is there any truth to the belief that the body can only absorb up to 30 grams of protein at one time? If a person eats more than that at one meal... Is it wasted? I love this. This is uh, along the same <clears throat> the same industry that invented the word cellulite and invented the word toned, also invented this bullshit. I was uh, part of this problem for a good yeah. at least five to eight. Years. I believed it. Yeah, no, I believed it too. I can't remember where I first read, and this is another classic example how we take like a little bit of science and we twist it, you know, for for marketing purposes. Well, we got we got to tell people why. Think about it this way: if you have a protein powder right now around you. Grab your protein powder jug. Look at the back. How many grams of protein is one serving? Right. I guarantee you, yeah. it's around thirty. Yeah, yeah. it's twenty. To Real 30. close. It'll be twenty. It's to around 30. thirty. The reason why they picked that number is because that's how much protein powder they found that they could put in a scoop and keep it from being too big of a scoop and <laughs> you know being not palatable. And so the the supplement industry came out with this bullshit you know statistic: you can only absorb around thirty grams of protein. Oh, and by the way, our protein powders come in these. Very convenient, oh, thirty gram, sweet. you know, servings uh, that are just one scoop, and now you've got forty servings in your in your bottle or whatever. Now there 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 is some truth to it as far as how fast your body can assimilate protein, though, right? So it doesn't matter if I let's say I take ninety grams in in one sitting. I think the 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 science they played on here was that okay, if you had a ninety grams of protein. The body only assimilates thirty of that within an hour, but then the next hour after that, it's assimilating the next thirty, and then the Something next like 30. That. Yeah. yeah. So that's where the uh, that's where the confusion came is they took a little bit of information that is true that okay the body isn't assimilating fat more than thirty grams an hour, but that doesn't mean that you can't have a three hundred gram of protein Dude, meal and then over the course of the next well hour, I mean there's yeah. there's some truth digested along the way there's some truth <laughs> that your body can only process a certain amount at a given time like like yeah i could definitely overeat and make myself throw up because my body can't handle anymore um but besides that look let me put it this way if you could only absorb x amount of grams of proteins or carbs or fats at one time then obesity wouldn't be an issue because i would eat you would store it yeah i'd sit down and i'd be like cool i'm gonna eat this fucking three thousand calorie meal my body's only used 500 calories. The rest of it just comes out my body, yeah. and I'm all good. You just right. shit everything out. Yeah. No, awesome. it does not. This is a, this is more of that bullshit to sell you protein uh, powders. Because here's what they would do, okay? First, they would sell you that you need to have ungodly amounts of protein, okay? So if you're a 150-pound female, they'd be like, you need to have 170 grams of protein. Then they would say, but you can only absorb 30 grams of protein at a time. So then here you are, 170 grams of protein, Divide that by 30. Right, that means six meals a day. That's like six meals. So I'm like, oh shit, I need to have six meals. Oh, plus if you eat six meals, it's (laughs) going to help with all these other things. 
most people are not going to walk around with six actual meals. They'll end up having three meals mm. with three powdered meals, which are the or protein bars. powders yeah. or bars. And, you know, Presto Changeo, they made money off of you because you bought- <laughs> Presto Changeo. Because you bought their, their protein powder. It's still a common question. I mean, it got a ton of likes, too. There's still a lot of people. That's why I was trying to find something after I saw the question of what- I wish I remember what I read when I started spreading this awful information. And I'm sure I didn't go deep enough to find who, you know, where the study came from and who probably, you know, funded the study and who was supporting it. I remember reading it in, in the muscle magazines, and they would recommend these super frequent feedings, and they'd say, now the bodybuilding magazines upped it a little bit. So they would say 30 to 50 if you have a lot of muscle. Um, and I think it's because they realized that they were recommending guys eat 250 grams of protein a day, and they're like, well, fuck, that's like, you know, how many meals is that every single day? Right. You know, we need to we need to up it a little bit so it's not too crazy. And they'd say things like, if you, if you, it, you get, it's wasted. If you don't, if you eat protein frequently, then you're going to have elevated levels of protein in your blood all day long, which are going to maximize muscle. Otherwise, your muscles will starve if they don't have protein all day long. Um, if you eat all at once, your body would... The, the two things that I would hear is either A, you waste it, or B, you store it. So and th so this th this way they could play on both the skinny and the fat people. You, it, it's a very uh -huh. it's a very interesting ploy. So the skinny people like me would be like, oh, fuck, I'm wasting it. Yeah. The fat people would be like, I can't eat more than 30 grams because the rest of it's going to store it as body fat. Right. And so they sold everybody on this uh, on this bullshit. But no, it's it's not wasted at all. You could eat 100 grams of protein at a sitting, so long as you could digest it. Not a problem. Some people have indigestion or, or issues with digestion if they eat too much at once. Um, I for well, I just think immediately of uh, you know prehistoric times or whatever, like we're like killing a massive animal and like you have to eat it like pretty much that day. Like you have to, and and you're going to be digesting that for a long time, you know. And it's like. It, if we're not going to use any of that energy, we'd be fucked. No, humans actually thrive off of uh, less frequent eating. We, we, the studies now in the science is pretty uh, conclusive that we do pretty well eating less frequently for the most part or in incorporating fasts here and there. Our bodies evolved to do that. I would have never thought that. If you asked yeah. me that 15 years ago, I would have been like, are you crazy? You want me to not eat? I'm going to lose muscle. I used to... If I went somewhere with my family or whatever, I remember I'd be like, "How long are we gone for?" Okay, four yeah. hours. Cool. I'm gonna bring two protein bars, so I can make sure I have you know protein. Or to just to make you laugh a little bit, if I had one protein bar, but I knew I wasn't gonna be around food for for four or five hours, I'd split the protein bar up into two or three pieces. I did something like that. <laughs> did you do that? Oh yeah. <laughs> to maximize the feeding yeah. frequency. Yeah. No. Absolutely <laughs> silly. Yeah, it's just like hysteria. So, anyways, look. If you go to mindpumpfree.com, you can download. Any of our guides for free or all of them for free. Some of these guides teach you how to squat more weight, uh, build your arms, flatten your midsection. Uh, there's a few of them on there, and they're all free. Again, mindpumpfree.com. You can also find all of our individual pages uh, on Instagram. We have our own social media pages with our own unique content. We did it. Justin is at Mind Pump Justin. Adam is at Mind Pump Adam. And Sal, me, I'm at Mind Pump Sal. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. 
Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump. <laughs>